What's up, everybody? My name is Lee. Some of you guys might know me as Intuition, and you're tuned into Kind of Neat. Thank you again for tuning in. We have a special holiday episode. It's a couple weeks after the holidays, but my mom and dad are in town, and I thought it would be interesting as kind of like my own little personal project, even if you guys are uninterested, I don't really give a fuck, for me to get kind of like a recorded history of my mom's life. Because, you know, she's still young, but they get older, and, uh, you know, it's nice to get, like, a story behind their life, so maybe I can tell my kids when I have them. First things first, let me get the social media out of the way. Follow me at It's Intuition on Twitter. My man Ben Shim, behind the boards, making the shit sound buttery. Follow him at I Am Database, based with two S's. Follow us as a unit on at That's Kinda Neat. I'm so surprised, like, the Twitter, our Twitter is starting to pick up. We're, like, almost at 700 followers. Like, I'm stoked on that. I know it's petty things to be worried about, but I feel like when we hit that first 1,000 followers, I'm going to be so happy. I'm like, wow, this is really working. Uh, you can follow us on YouTube. Subscribe on YouTube, youtube.com slash that's kind of neat, where uh, we just put up the Aston Matthews video. That shit's dope. Uh, Facebook.com slash kind of neat. Very pain-free way to follow us because who knows if it'll ever even show up in your timeline, but it's nice if you'd follow us on there. And everything wrapped up in a pretty package on kindaneat.net. Of course, remember to download the podcast app on your iPhone or Android device and uh, search for Kind of Neat and subscribe to us on there. It'll make your life so much easier and this shit means a lot to us. So I had my mom in and uh, we talk about her childhood. We talk about some stuff that I didn't know. Like a lot of family members that I've never met that may have passed away before I was born and kind of her home life situation. And it was cool. It's a lot of stuff that like some of it I knew and some of it I didn't. But my mom, she can spin a yarn. She can weave a web. I think she's definitely like where I get my talkative nature from. And uh, I had a good time talking to her. And Ben was sitting back there and said it was entertaining. So I think it's a good idea that we did this. Christmas just wrapped up. As we're recording this, it's two days after Christmas. I hope that everybody had a good one. My brother did not make it this year. As I said at the beginning of the uh, last podcast, I was hoping that he was going to surprise me. But lo and behold, he really is up on the slope working in like negative 55 weather. So shout outs to my brother, Steve. I'm sorry that you're having to deal with that, bruh. Um, I spent Christmas at my grandmother's house, whom I refer to as Nani. You'll hear a lot about her in this podcast. Uh, she lives up in Ojai. It's crazy because Ojai, fuck, it was like 80 degrees during the day. And then at, in the morning, I would go out to my car to like sneak off and go have a cigarette before everybody woke up. Uh, I would like drive to the Starbucks and uh, there'd be frost on my car. Like it was literally dropping down into freezing at night, even though it was 80 in the day. Crazy desert climate. Um, but yeah, it was it was pretty boring being in Ohio for Christmas. It was me uh, in my 30s, and then it was my parents who are both on the verge of their 60s, and then my grandparents, uh, well, my, my grandmother and my step-grandfather who are both well into their 80s, and um, they all, tr- you know, like my grandparents' are whole thing of having me there is just to help them with their technology the whole time. So it's like, Oh, can you make my wireless headphones work with this TV? Oh, can you, know, I think your mother broke my email. Can you break, can you fix my email? It's like, Oh, it's the emails can't be broken. They live on the cloud. You know, it's just your password. You have to plug in your password. Uh, you know, or like, Oh, I have this new iPhone. How come my emails aren't in the, aren't in the iPhone? And I'm just like, fuck, I need to get Apple genius training before I come here next year. But, you know, it was nice. It's nice to be around family. I just kind of sat and chilled and they had Wi-Fi there. So I was just like 
honestly kind of just on my phone the whole fucking time. It's kind of rude. But yeah, and then I went up the next day and worked on music with Mark on the day after Christmas. And so, you know, we're just trying to wrap stuff up and get through all the mundane technical stuff of sequencing and mixing and mastering. And that shit's coming along. We have one more song to kind of finalize the sequence. And then on to the, onto the mixing. It's a, it is a process. It's a process. And I'm glad that you guys are patiently waiting for us to finish that. Uh, I just want you to know that we promise we are really working on it. Um, with that being said, this podcast ran a little long, so I'm just going to get into it. Without further ado, here is my mom, Karen Shaner. attention towards being on a microphone like your son does oh i know i definitely don't why not well because i've never been on a microphone but except you're like a pretty good public speaker though you're a teacher your whole life oh that's true you have to be in front of 30 kids that's public speaking that definitely is public speaking and you know what come to think of it a few times i did have to speak publicly in front of a microphone when i was um presenting things at a state conference i feel like you're thinking about your voice too much it doesn't sound like your normal voice like speak from your gullet i don't know what my voice now i know what my voice sounds like it makes me nervous speak from your diaphragm (laughs) speak from my diaphragm yeah there you go so anyway yeah you're my mom and you're here here you are on kind of neat the podcast that you've never listened to (laughs) well that's not totally true why why because the first one that i downloaded i was listening to which one was it Oh, come on now. That was a long time ago. Wasn't that like nine months ago? Sure. And then another time we were in the car or someplace and you were playing me one of your podcasts and you started off with the part that is the story that you tell. Yeah. Yeah. And it was probably some inappropriate story. That was awesome. It probably was. Yeah. Fun times, fun times. (laughs) So anyway, uh, on my podcast, we just usually talk about people's history and I thought it would be cool to have you on to get like a recorded history of you. You never know. You could get hit by a bus (gasps) tomorrow, God forbid, but it's nice to have like a, a, a recorded record of maybe your, your history that I can look back on in some years and I thought it would be fun. So first and foremost, where are you from? Well, originally I'm from Easton, Pennsylvania. Shout out to Easton, Pennsylvania, the Crayola factory and the home of Easton Bats. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's the home of Easton Bats, but it's the home of Larry Holmes and it's the home of Crayola Crayons. Yeah. You went to, you went to high school with Larry Holmes, right? No, he's a little bit older than me. He went to high school with my cousins. But your, uh, one of your friends was dipping in the chocolate, Mm. right? Larry, she, he, she used to date Larry Holmes. Now, now, now. What? We don't talk about things like that. Why? <laughs> You're not allowed to talk about your friends dating dating Larry Holmes? Nope. Why? No, because I don't think that's appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> If you're going to do that this whole time, no. I'm going to kick you off. We're not, we're going to be talking about whatever we feel like. So uh, half Hungarian, half Italian, right? So you're, yes. my grandfather, Edward Milkovitz, is Hungarian, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And my grandmother, Clara Natero, is Italian. Yes. But you know what we found out just mm, maybe 10, wait, in, 19, in the late 1980s? Yeah. That my great-grandmother... Uh is actually from Barcelona, Spain. So we're a little Spanish, too. So we are a little Spanish. So Nani is what? What does that make her? A quarter Spanish? Mm. Her grandmother. Yes. Her her grandmother. Yes, her grandmother So you're an eighth Spanish and I'm a 16th Spanish. Yes. Yeah. Uh, So that's a very minor part of (laughs) of me. But you're a quarter Spanish. Yeah, but the, the funny thing is that when my boy cousins found out 
that, yeah. you know, we had some Spanish in us. They were like, oh, we thought we were 100% Italian. And they were all you know. bummed? Well, they were like, we can't believe it. We're yeah. still telling everybody we're 100% Italian. Yeah, yeah. I still tell everybody I'm half Italian even so. That's the only side of my family that I feel like I was introduced to. And I, maybe you can explain this. Like, well, how come I don't know any of my Hungarian side? Well, they died when you were really little. Who? We called my dad's mom my mammy. Yeah. And... My dad's dad, our, our pappy, yeah. so our mammy and our pappy. Pappy died before I got married. He died in nineteen August of 1971. Uh-huh. And then my mammy died in November of 1978. So you weren't even born yet. Oh, okay. So that's why you never met them. So did they kind of hold that side of the family together? Like you don't keep in contact with any of your cousins on that side or anything? Oh, I do. Oh. I actually keep in touch with... Um, all four of my, bo- I have four boy cousins on that side, uh-huh. and I keep in touch with all four boy cousins. Those are what my grandfather's brothers' sons or sisters. Two of them. Are... I don't even know if Pappy had brothers and sisters. Oh, well, to let's... be honest, yeah, my dad Edward was the baby. Yeah, he was the youngest son. He was the youngest son. Uh-huh. So his oldest, his older brother's name was Ernie, uh-huh. and Ernie had two boys. Okay, Jackie and Bobby, uh-huh. and they're older than me. Sounds like a boy band. <laughs> and you know Ernie, what? Jackie, and Bobby. <laughs> yeah. And my cousin Jackie actually was a, um, a music teacher. Mm-hmm. And back in the day when Atlantic City instituted gambling, mm-hmm. my cousin's high school band was invited to be in the parade the day that they had, um, you know, the gambling going on. Oh, oh what an epic. I know, right? Piece of history. <laughs> So now the funny part is his one daughter uh-huh. is now the music teacher at the school where he retired. Uh, so teaching kind of runs on both sides of the family then. Because your sister, my Aunt Holly, she's a teacher as well. Mm-hmm. And she married a teacher. I feel like there's a lot of teaching. Well, and not only that, but then my dad's sister, mm-hmm. my Aunt Wilma, mm-hmm. your Aunt Wilma, uh, she died before you were born. She was older than Pappy as well? She was older than Pappy as well. How many? He had... One brother one and one sister. So she was the middle child? hmm Okay. Yep. And she died when she was only 54 years old. Oh, wow. And that was back in um, October 26, 1975. Dying young runs on that side of the family, it seems like. Well, the ones who lived the longest were my mammy and my pappy. They were like late 70s, early 80s. Yeah. But all three of their kids died very young. In their 60s, right? Or Well, she was 54. She was 54. My Uncle Ernie was like, I'm going to say 65, something like that. Yeah. And my dad was 63 and three quarters. Yeah. So my Aunt Wilma had two boys. Okay. Herb and Frank. Uh Uh-huh. And Herb was a teacher also. Oh, wow. He was an art teacher. Uh Uh-huh. And he was also an assistant principal. Oh. Mm Mm-hmm. So that kind of stuff really runs on your side of the family. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then Frank was a policeman, just like my dad and just like his father, Herb. Okay. So teaching and police work. Yeah, because your dad was also a sheriff's deputy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. After he retired from the police force, and he was a policeman for probably, I'm going to say 24, 25 years, something like that. How did my grandfather and grandmother meet? Do you know? Oh, my gosh. Nani, Nani told me that story, and I can't really remember it. I think my dad played a lot of sports yeah. and, and knew, like, my mother's brothers. Uh-huh. Like maybe my uncle Danny or something, uh, and I think my mom met him through sports. Because your mom, my grandmother, who mm-hmm. we're going to refer to as Nani, mm-hmm. she has a 
shitload of siblings. She has like eight kids in their family. Eight kids in their family. And she's the youngest daughter. She's the second youngest. Second youngest. Mm-hmm. Is there? Does she have a younger brother or younger sister? Younger sister. What was the ratio of brothers to sisters? Four and four. Okay, so four brothers, four sisters. So mm-hmm. my grandfather knew her brothers because they played sports together. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. How old were they when they met? Do you think? Well, I think my mom got married when she was like around 19 or 20, something like that. Huh. So they probably met in their higher teens. Oh, so like they might have been like just out of high school. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Do they go to the same high school? No. My mom went, this is kind of weird. My mom went to Easton High School uh-huh. and my dad graduated from Wilson High School. Uh-huh. But Wilson is like 10 little blocks inside the city of Easton. It's called a borough, Wilson Borough. So the people who live like in that like 10 block radius went to Wilson High School and then everybody around them went to Easton High School. And Easton's like a really old city, right? It is. Because the house that you grew up in, it was on a, the corner of a cul-de-sac and we would visit it when I was a kid. And it's this creepy old house because <laughs> it's like there's there is this ancient graveyard like what do you call mm-hmm. it a graveyard a cemetery. cemetery a cemetery like behind the house that had i would explore around there and there was like uh gr- there was tombstones from like the 1700s in it oh yeah yeah so easton is really an old town like part of like there was like revolutionary war remnants there probably oh yeah easton yeah easton is very historical yeah what was the town about like when before you were born like do you remember nani and pappy telling you like what the city was like when they were kids they're both from immigrant families, right? They are. Yeah. My, yeah. My mom's parents, Nani's parents came over from Italy Yeah, and they got married in Italy and then came over yeah. on the boat. Uh-huh. And then, um, so all the kids were born here. Yes. Yeah. All the kids were born here. And then, you know, my mammy and pappy were both from Hungary, but I think they got married in the United States uh-huh. in Allentown, Pennsylvania, I think. Oh, okay. Was it a poor city when they were growing up or was it a, you know, was it middle class? Like, what was it about? Well, I think that there was everything. Yeah. I think there were a lot of immigrants there. I think I know that neither of our families were, you know, had a lot of money. I mean, you yeah, know, they were hard workers. Nani always talks about like, I never got the shit indoors until I was a teenager, right? They had an outhouse. Yeah, they was <laughs> they had an outhouse and at night. They'd have to go to the bathroom in a bucket. They call it the Bisha Duda. And <laughs> the, the Bisha, Bisha Duda. Duda. And so what What in Alaska you would call a honey pot. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, yeah. And the house that I remember being at, and I think they had a house before that in a place called West Easton, which I never saw that house. Mm-hmm. But then when um, my Nana and Pop Pop, Nani's parents, yeah. lived on Washington Street, it was just a three-bedroom house. So they had... Ten people in there with a three uh-huh. bedroom. The four boys slept in one room. The four girls slept in another room. And then my grandmother and grandfather had a room. Wow! No and sure. they only had one bathroom. Yeah. And then later on down the line, they um, built another small bathroom. Uh. You know, downstairs off the yeah. kitchen. Yeah. So what did your uh, mammy and pappy do? Your grandparents on Edward's side. Um. Well. My grandfather, my pappy, had a little store, Uh but he was a very kind and generous man, so he would extend credit to people. He's giving stuff to all the poor folks. And then he never collected any money from them, and so he didn't have the store anymore. So he was rich in kindness, but maybe maybe, uh, poor Poor, monetarily. Poor in money. Yeah. So then he worked in what we would call a foundry back there, you know. Was it like a factory of sorts? Yeah, kind of like a factory of sorts. Yeah. And women didn't really work back then. 
like so your mammy probably didn't have a job no no i don't think my mammy had a job yeah but they had like we used to call it we would go out to the farm so it was like this old farmhouse that had the only indoor plumbing it had was a kitchen sink with cold water and it was an old big porcelain sink Uh so we always had to go to the outhouse Uh when we when we went there and uh, and having four boy cousins and i was the first girl in 33 years on that side of the family oh no shit yeah so i was a little bit you know spoiled and pampered yeah but you, you were the princess i was yeah because my aunt wilm was the only other female you know she was 33 years older than me yeah. and but the boys oh you know <laughs> i'd go in the outhouse to go to the bathroom and they'd be scaring me and knocking on it and everything oh, and then we'd be running running through the fields of you know the little farm and i'd try to keep up with them and they'd take me out to this little well we called it a creek people oh. called it a creek and there were big big stones there and a little creek running through it and so they'd have me walking on all of these little stones and i remember one time just falling and you know, getting soaking wet and they had to get me out of there. Yeah, yeah. And then I'd have to wear boy clothes, you know, because those were the clothes that everybody had. Right, right. What did um, Nana and Pop-Pop do for work when Nani was a baby? My Pop-Pop worked at a kind of a foundry kind of factory too. Yeah. What were they making in these foundries? You know what? Treadwell. I don't know what Treadwell made. Uh, I'm not sure. Sounds like tires. We'll say tires. No, but it wasn't tires, I don't think. I don't know what it was. Well, they fucked up having that name and not making tires. (laughs) That's good branding, Treadwell. <laughs> Maybe. I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah. But also, he was a great gardener. Really? Oh, my gosh. In their house, they had this long and skinny backyard. Yeah. And on one side of the backyard, there was a little concrete path going down the middle. On I, one rem- side, I remember that. How it was, that's where like Aunt Lou used to live, right? Well, hers was similar. In Easton, there's like these kind of like row houses, mm-hmm, right? Is what mm-hmm. you would call them. So they're like really tall and long and skinny and they're like two floors in an attic. But then mm-hmm. they, they kind of, it's almost like a, a mobile home sort of like it looks like a mobile home where because it, it's so long and skinny. Everything's like a hallway kind of. It's kind of yeah, they call them like down in New Orleans, they call them like a shotgun house. You could just shoot a gun right through them. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so. And, and then like the alleyways between them are barely big enough for a yeah, guy just, like me to fit through. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so my pop up grew flowers on one whole side of the garden uh-huh. and then vegetables on all the other side of the garden. Yeah. It was really very beautiful. He had a green thumb. And then when he got older, he would tend to other people's flowers and, and garden work. And so would he get paid for that? He did. Yeah. And nice. he would walk. I mean, he knew how to drive, yeah. but he would walk to some of these people's houses uh-huh. and take care of their flower gardens and their grass and their yeah. lawn and all that stuff because he had a very green thumb. And did your Nana have a job ever? <laughs> no. Raising eight kids. Raising eight kids. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> uh, I would, it just makes me wonder, like when you have eight kids in that time, it seems like you got to have a lot of hustles to be able to feed that many mouths. Well, you know, they grew the vegetables and they didn't eat a lot, you know, you didn't eat a lot of meat, you ate a lot of vegetables right. and a lot of pasta. Pasta, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which side of your family did you spend the most time around when you were a kid, do you think? Believe it or not, both. Yeah. Sundays were great because I lived within walking distance of my nana's and pop-pop's house. Yeah. And it only was like a probably a seven minute, five minute, maybe a five minute car ride to my mammy and pappy's yeah. but i wasn't allowed to walk there by myself because you had to go over like this little highway area yeah. like an interchange for a highway uh-huh. so we were at our grandparents' house all the time when we were little right like right. all the time yeah. and then my aunt wilm she just lived three blocks down so i could walk to her house anytime i wanted to yeah and then 
until I was um, 10 years old, I lived next door to my godmother. So I was always over there. Aunt Lou. Aunt Lou. And that's who taught you to cook? Or no? Um... <laughs> I would watch her and cook, I say, and she did. <laughs> and I say that with a, I say that lightly. Learn to cook. I know. No. I'm not the greatest cook. I always, but I, always I try. She makes you make good Italian food. I do. You'll fuck up a pork chop though, in my in my opinion. Well, I overcook. I overcook. I like meat well done. <laughs> but uh, so uh, I'm sorry I interrupted you. What were you talking about? Your so, godmother's house. Yeah. So then you know my aunt Lou only lived like um one like maybe five blocks from my grandmother, yeah. from my non and pop-up. Yeah. And then across the street from them lived my Aunt Angie and Uncle Danny, my Aunt Mary and Uncle Sari, and right down the block lived my Aunt Stella, and up the other way, um, you know, my yeah. Aunt Fran lived clo- right like down you, the road. I just want you guys listening to make note of, like, as me being, like, a seven-year-old kid and going back east to meet all these family members are you kidding me like trying to remember all these names was crazy we have <laughs> so many italian relatives it's like ridiculous we do and lots of cousins i have lots of cousins yeah cousins with just like crazy italian like names too first cousins you know and, and you know it's so weird i guess i kind of feel sorry for my kids and lots of kids in this generation because you know families live all all over the globe now and and from one side of the united states you know to the other so you're not in the same town seeing your family all the yeah, time yeah I, I mean i definitely harbor like a certain amount of envy for how you grew up just because i feel like it's cool to be around that much uh or that many cousins and, and particularly because like being second generation american or technically i guess you're a third generation american it's like you got so much culture too probably mm-hmm. that that carried over you know what i mean and yeah like we ended up in alaska and we don't have any immediate family up there but yeah. it, you know we're a, we're a flight away from everybody so it's still it was cool to like go back and visit well that's one thing i tried to do you know when you and your brother were little yeah. every summer I would take you, you know, we lived in Texas and then we lived in Alaska, but every summer I would take you guys back to the East Coast so you could be with your family. And we would stay anywhere from three to nine and a half weeks. Yeah. And I I mean, I've totally remember like uh, going out there for summers. It was usually my birthday around that time. They'd Mm -hmm. have like big family reunion parties right around my birthday. And I particularly remember one where I got like a Bart Simpson cake. (laughs) But anyways, uh, that's beside the point. You're the oldest sibling. In my family. In your family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were the oldest sibling. And then you have a younger sister who's, what, three years younger than you? Four. Four years younger than you. Mm-hmm. And then a younger brother who was, like, the baby. Mm-hmm. And and how he's mu- eight years younger he's than He's eight me. years younger than you. Mm-hmm. So what was your household like growing up? You had that big spooky house. Did you? Is that where you were? <laughs> is that the house you were born into? No, no. No. Where were you born? We were born into one of those... Um, one of those like row houses. Oh, you, that's where you guys lived originally? Yeah, yeah, like right next door to Aunt Lou. Oh, okay. It's called Fairy Street. Yeah. And I lived there until I was... 10 years and 10 months old Uh and then we moved up to jackson street on the corner and you know even though it was only like five blocks away it was like a world away yeah and and it was so different and we well that's a big ass house oh it was a very big house i mean like i remember being a child and like getting lost in the house kind of sometimes (laughs) like because there's like some weird hallways and stuff it was crazy yeah you know it had two staircases yeah so it had a beautiful oak staircase with a landing and it had a stained glass window and then it had beautiful like frosted glass windows it's like gothic heavy architecture so it was very, right? yeah it was built like in i think 1900 or 1901 yeah and the interesting thing is the guy who owned it he didn't want to sell it i don't think but then he met my mom and my dad and sold it to them 
And I remember walking into that house for the first time, and I just cried. I didn't want to move there. It was too big, and it was too far away from my Aunt Lou, only yeah. five blocks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it just was so different. And, it, you know, just the rooms were so big, and the bedrooms seemed farther away from each other. Yeah, yeah. And it had, like, a galley kitchen where you cooked and a kitchen where you sat and ate and a back porch and a foyer that was as big as some people's living rooms it seemed like half of that house was kind of just for show you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like it seemed like it had this front entrance that was supposed Mm -hmm. to be the showy side but that door always remained locked because everybody came in through the back (laughs) entrance right yeah which was like kind of like an entryway uh you know into uh, a closed where i I remember that pappy would always have hawaiian punches on the ground (laughs) over there on the side like you like to drink hawaiian punch probably Mm -hmm. and um and yeah, and then there was like, yeah, the just a big spooky hallway and a scary as shit attic. Oh, that attic was so scary. And a basement that was scary as shit. And there were bats in that house sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Oh, I remember like that. Like how you say bats in the belfry. Yeah. Because so, it had a um, cupola. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's really a beautiful, old, old Victorian, yeah. huge Victorian home. Yeah. Uh, what were you like as an elementary student? Did you immediately take to school? I did. Yeah. I always loved school. I loved how I grew up because when we lived on Ferry Street, we could walk to school. It was we lived like at 1034 and it was just on the corner of 12th Street. So two blocks up was my school. Yeah. And then for a while, my one aunt and uncle lived like two doors away from the school so I could go over and visit them. And you were with the same like 25 kids the whole time because there was one kindergarten, one first, one second, one third, one fourth, one fifth, and one sixth grade in the school. That was it. Mm-hmm. And every little neighborhood had its own little school. Mm-hmm. And then everybody would go to a uh, high school where that was bigger Well, then afterwards. you went to a junior high. Yeah. But back then, junior high was uh, seventh, eighth, and ninth grade. Uh-huh. And again, we could walk to that school. Uh-huh. And the great part about elementary school was – you went to school from 8 until noon, uh-huh. and then you walked home for lunch from noon to 1, uh-huh. and then you went back from 1 to 3, and then you were finished. Yeah. And then junior high, we could walk to school. We only lived like three, four blocks from there. Yeah. And then in 10th grade, everybody then fed into the big, big, high, big school. high school. And it was a big high school. There were probably, oh, between 650 and 700 kids maybe in my graduating class. Oh, in your class. Uh-huh. Oh, so it was like a couple thousand kids total in the school then probably? Oh, yeah. Like, wow. Yeah, about 2,000, 2,100 kids. Crazy. And that was just 10th, 11th, and 12th grade. So one of the things that I know is kind of like a bragging point for you about Stephen and I is that both of us picked up on reading and stuff really early, it seemed like, or like pretty easy mm-hmm. for us. Were you the same way? Were like reading and arithmetic like came to you pretty naturally or something? Oh, yeah. My, my mom said that I could read before I went to kindergarten. Yeah. She said I would sit with my uncle Tex uh-huh. and he would come home from the Marines and he would sit with me and we would read together and read together. Yeah. And then math. I actually loved math more than I loved reading. Really? And my dad was an amazing mathematician. This is interesting. My dad never had a checkbook. Uh-huh. He never had a credit card. Uh-huh. He paid everything in cash uh-huh. and he could do numbers in his head like nobody's business. Really? Mm-hmm. He was a great mathematician. Huh. That's tight. And my mother was a great singer. Really? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. My mother used to be in, um, they called them operettas, Uh like in high school. Yeah. And interestingly enough, my Aunt Angie, who was married to my mother's one brother, she was my mom's understudy because she was like a year younger than my mom. Really? Uh Uh-huh. So they were both great singers. That's tight. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that Nani could sing at all. Oh, yeah. She's never told me that. Mm -hmm. Um... 
like as well as your reading, one of the things that I remember specifically about Nana, because I don't remember, I don't have that many memories of her other than like mm-hmm. by the time that's my great grandmother. By the time that I was born and, and like able to walk and kind of have memories, I just remember her being in a wheelchair, but also like her teaching me prayers. And I know that Catholicism is still a big part of your life and you were raised Catholic. Mm-hmm. Was she early on like teaching you prayers and stuff like that too? Like, did you, do you remember memorizing those? Oh my gosh. I, yes, we memorized every prayer uh-huh. back then, you know, you received first Holy communion, like in second grade. Yeah, and like then you got confirmed right after that. Oh, you got confirmed that early. Oh yeah. You, and you know, now people have a choice. Well, yeah, you gave me a Do choice you, at 13 and I was like, nah, I'm cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I know you're bummed out that my bad. I know. Go ahead. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like I didn't do my job. It's okay. So so anyway, then we got confirmed, you know, right then after. So I was, believe it or not, I was always up at the church and... And like with the nuns, yeah. And there was this one. Did nun. you go to Catholic school? Catholic- my my father wouldn't let me go to Catholic school. Why? My father wanted me to go to public school. Why? Was it too expensive, or he I just? I don't know. I think he just wanted me to be in public school. Yeah. So you know, but I was up there all the time. I would go every Wednesday, and I would go every um, Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Three days a week. I had, well, I didn't go to church, but I went to like catechism on Wednesdays, and then was well, catechism like Sunday school? Yeah, like of? Sunday school, but on Wednesday. Yeah. And then I would go to church on Sunday, and we would go to confession on Saturdays. But the neighborhood kids would go to confession. No shit. <laughs> That was like one of our Saturday things to do. That was like hang out and go tell people that you, oh, sorry, God, I've been cussing. Yeah. <laughs> I've been mean to my sister. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of which, how did your siblings get along? Because I know Stephen and I, we fought like cats and dogs as kids, but really it's just because I think both of us have a competitive nature. Because mm-hmm. uh, now that we don't, that we're not in each other's face all the time, we get along great. But like, were you guys, did you guys get along, you being the eldest? Um, I remember arguing more with my sister yeah because you guys are very similar and mm-hmm. i could see that clashing and and you know plus she was four years younger than me so she wanted to be hanging around well we didn't want her hanging around you well know? you didn't want her hanging around but i'll tell you by the time you were a senior and you had senior dude friends and she was a freshman i bet they wanted her hanging around <laughs> right no she was only in eighth grade when i was a senior uh, okay <laughs> no saying. oh she was a yeah, we were only three grades apart, I think. Yeah, because yeah. her birthday was in December. Oh, oh she know, was know, a freshman. I know That's how right. senior high schoolers think. That's right. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, she ended up marrying somebody who graduated with me, so. Yeah, shout out to my Uncle Bob. Hi, Uncle Bob. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, what about um, what about Uncle Eddie? Was he like the baby? Did you guys dress him up in girl clothes oh, and stuff? Oh, we did. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we would sing. We were, you know that song? Ba 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 brand. Yes. Remember that song? We would go. Oh, I can see you got your singing talents from Nani. <laughs> no. Well, I think they I'm skipped just... a generation and went to you. <laughs> so we used to call him Ed 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 Ian. And then we used to that put That is so clever. Bro. Oh wait. And then we would put like a wig on him because back then people wore wigs a lot. Yeah. And we would put a babushka on him. Well, you know, like a scarf. Bandana. A, a bandana. Yeah. And uh oh yeah. <laughs> We just loved him. He was so sweet. Yeah, and I mean, he's still like a really sweet dude now. He's built like a little. He's built like a little bulldog, but he seems yeah. like a sweetheart, right? He is because when he was eight, I was sixteen. Yeah. Right. So my mom had gotten me a car and you were driving him everywhere and all that. Yeah. So when when Pappy had to work or do something, like if Betty had to go to the dentist or the orthodontist, Dad would leave me money, and then I would take Eddie there. Yeah. If, well, so let's talk about that. The reason that you're doing that is because like. Your mom took off for a while, right? And so you kind of had to play the mom of the house 
but in a sense, you and Holly kind of competed to be mom in the house because she could cook better than you, right? Oh, she could cook better than me. Yeah. The one time, the one time that my father trusted me to start some steak for dinner because yeah. he was running late. Now, remember, back then they didn't have cell phones. Yeah. So he had to call the house phone and I was home and he, he told me what to do. He said, um, put the broiler on, uh-huh. let it get warm and then, you know, put the steaks in. And and everything else, you know, will be okay then. Yeah. So this is all, we had a double oven. Yeah. And I put I put the broiler on, but then I put the steak in the part where you bake it. In the bottom of it. In the bottom. Oh and there God. was smoke going through the whole <laughs> kitchen when he got home. He says, From now on I'm letting your sister do that. That's your funny. sister's doing the cooking. To this day you still can't cook a steak, Mom. I <laughs> was dramatic no shit oh that's terrible that's funny um Uh, so what age were okay so first and foremost pappy he's a he's a sheriff's deputy yes right at the time when you were at the time yeah he's a sheriff's deputy so he's gone a lot for work or what like what were his hours like was he was he a night shift worker or a day shift worker? well no what happened was after my mom didn't live with us anymore they had my dad and his partner um work on work as policemen on this code enforcement team where they went out and they, um, you know, looked at different houses and businesses and made sure they were up to code. Mm -hmm. And then when he retired and, and so that gave him like a day job. Mm -hmm. And so he could come home and have lunch ready for us. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, he would come home at dinner time. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, back then all the neighbors took care of everybody else's kids and you played outside and you didn't lock your doors and you know, it was just so different. It wasn't, that was the one, that's the thing that really sticks out to me about Easton still is that it seemed, even when I was a kid going there to visit, it seemed like it was a very, uh, it's like a community, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a community where like people would be walking on the streets and they knew each other and stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, so let's go back farther than that. So uh, when you were a, a, a kid, kid before Nani took off, like mm-hmm. what? Um, was he a night shift worker? Like, cause he was actually like on patrol, right? Yeah, he was. Yeah, and I you, feel like I remember some story about him stopping a bank robbery or something, or being involved in a shootout at a bank robbery or something. Is that know, is that bullshit? I don't know because my dad didn't really ever come home and talk about you know this is what happened at work today. Yeah, I think that maybe he didn't tell us because he didn't want us to be afraid. Yeah, of you know what could possibly happen to him. Was it a ru- was there rough neighborhoods in? Oh, yeah. 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 There were rough neighborhoods in Easton. That's for sure. Was it like an old school city where it was kind of like um, separated, not segregated, but like did the certain pockets of like nationalities, like did all the Italians live in one section of the neighborhood and all the blacks live in another and all the the Polish people live in another or something like that? Well, I think yes. Yeah. And then there, like where I taught my very first year uh, um, on the south side of Easton. Yeah. That was considered not to be such a great side of town. The wrong to live side on of the, the tracks. wrong side of the tracks, yeah. yeah. But, you know, my uncle and aunt lived over there. Yeah. Um, and so I would go there. I had friends who went there. They had their own, like, junior high school. Yeah. You know, the kids there that then fed into, um, you know, the big, hi- the the big, big high school. school. Right. And then it's funny because I always thought I lived in a really nice neighborhood, right? Yeah. I mean, my Ferry Street neighborhood was okay, yeah. but then my other neighborhood, my Jackson Street neighborhood, was like a step up. That yeah. was a nicer neighborhood. Yeah. But then when I went to junior high and high school, Forks Township was more, I don't know, yuppie, yeah. like rural. Hoity-toity. More no. rural, uh, and, you know, I guess those people could afford more land and stuff. Oh, uh, okay. But then Palmer Township, if you lived there, then that was more uppity you yeah, know yeah. and so 
they would say about where I live, oh, she lives on the West Ward. <laughs> she lives in the West Ward. <laughs> so I yeah. guess that was not a nice place. I don't know. Oh, no I sure. thought it was a nice place. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> but it wasn't as nice as Palmer and it wasn't as nice as Forks. Yeah. But but it was nicer than Ferry. But it was nicer than Ferry Street. So what can you do? At least, <laughs> hey, start. I loved it. I thought it was great. Started from the bottom. Now we're here. <laughs> that's um, right. <laughs> Um, <laughs> what are you laughing at? I'm laughing because of how you said that's right. Um, with Nani and Pappy splitting, when you were a kid, was there a tension in the house? Did you feel that? Like, did you sense the fact that they were like having problems? Did yeah, they hide that? I don't remember that. Yeah, I don't. How old were you when they split up? It was uh, 13 days after my 11th birthday. You have a crazy thing with numbers and remembering dates. I know. I like. I yeah. You're like Rain Man. <laughs> You're like Rain weird. Woman. <laughs> Because like everything is like, I was 10 years old in 10 months when we moved. <laughs> and when she left, I was 11 years old in 13 days. <laughs> it was half past a fortnight when that, uh, like. Uh, I know, it's just weird. Yeah. Um, I can't stop myself even. No, I know. But you're still that way because like, I know that you all, like you still always remember exactly the day that Pappy died. You remember his birthday. You're like always like, it's not, like, and I don't even think you keep calendars for that. I think you just know no, it. No, it's just in my head. Yeah, yeah. So they would keep that behind closed doors, the fighting Evidently, because I don't really remember it. Yeah. But, you know, one thing about me, too, is that um, you block shit I out. block stuff out. Yeah, yeah. You know, I put it someplace, and then if I need to take it out and think about it for a little bit, I do. But otherwise, it just stays back there, and I don't worry about it. Well, take it out. Like, do you remember any any sign, or was it a complete sideswipe when you found oh, out that— Oh, to me, it was a complete sideswipe. Really? Like, just came out of the blue. What was that conversation like? Did she sit you down and say, like, look, I, I'm going to take off for a while? Oh, no. After school, mm-hmm. I would walk to my aunt, my godmother's house, yeah, my Aunt Lou. Lou. And so I was at her house, yeah. and Holly was there, my sister. Yeah. And so dad would come and pick us up. Yeah. So my dad drove down Ferry Street, mm-hmm. and then, you know, because I could see him out of that little, like, alleyway. Yeah. And then he, then I saw him drive up again. Mm-hmm. A little while later, I see him drive down again, drive up again. So I say to my Aunt Lou, God— you know, first time, oh, dad's here. Yeah. You know, then he's not there. Well, anyway, this happens a couple of times. So then my dad comes in and, um, you know, he and my Aunt Lou, and I guess my Uncle Quinn was there. They were talking. I don't know what they were talking about. So anyway, we get in the car and I think my brother was there too. My brother, my sister, me, my dad. Yeah. We were driving up the hill and um, my dad said, well, now we're the four musketeers. And you just didn't see her again for a while. Yeah, I don't really remember how long. I think that night then we went up to um, my Aunt Angie and Uncle Danny's. Yeah. And then, you know, everybody kind of congregated there to try to figure out what happened because nobody knew she was leaving. And coming from a big family like that, full of hardcore Roman Catholics, it's like that had to be very looked down upon, like Mm -hmm. divorce and all that. Oh, her father didn't speak to her for probably... I'm going to say seven years. It's crazy because like I grew up around her and like I always thought everything was cool because she's like she's like a ball of energy. And so like mm-hmm. she, you know, she's great with kids. Like kids love her because she's mm-hmm. like a, she's only four foot eleven so, or four foot ten. Now she's like four foot nine. And you guys did a really good job of always masking that kind of tension when we were kids. Like I would have never guessed mm-hmm. that uh, something like that had happened because you kept it very cool. And I, and I guess maybe you're a bigger person than I would be because I feel like. And you know, the thing about it, the whole the whole thing is at first, oh. You know, she told me that I said this. I don't remember. I don't remember saying it, but she told me that I said mother was a dirty word. 
And so, you said mother was a dirty word? Yeah. I don't really remember saying that, but I that's probably like a, that's did. Like a, that's like an album title or a movie title or something. That's, <laughs> that's very profound. I don't really remember saying it, but I probably you did. You said that to her? Yeah. Yeah. What, like over the phone or something? I don't know. Yeah. She, you know, she told me I said it. Yeah. I don't really remember saying it, but yeah. how do you make something like that up? Well, yeah. And I mean, you're 11 years old. It, you're just like. And who knows if I said it then or, you know, months later or years later. I yeah. don't know. I just remember that. That's a time when a lot of shit starts happening in your life. You know what I mean? Like, particularly as the eldest daughter, like you need, thankfully you had a lot of other female relatives, oh, yeah. but you know what I mean? There's like a lot of female shit that starts happening around then. You feel me? Yeah, my so, father was very funny. Yeah. <laughs> Every month he'd go, do you need anything at the store this month? <laughs> <laughs> like that was the code word? That was the code word. <laughs> yeah. yeah, dad, please give me the biggest pack of Kotex that you can just to make him uncomfortable. No, I would. Oh, no, I'm okay. <laughs> so, But, you know, here's the thing. Was oh, I cried. I cried and cried. I would spend lots of time, lots of time crying and crying yeah. and how, how did, being miserable. How did Holly and Eddie handle it? Well, you know, I think my brother was too young. Was to too know. young. He was only like two and a half or two, you know, two and three quarters. Yeah, or whatever. yeah, he was a baby. He was a baby, so he didn't really know. Yeah. And so he just always thinks that that is the way life is. Yeah. But also, you know, I got to the point when I got a little bit older, if I don't feel good with this, then really I'm hurting myself so much. It's just too much pain. Yeah. And so better to forgive. You never forget those things yeah, because yeah. you know they're part of you and what shapes you, but better to forgive because otherwise it just hurts too much inside. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, what does the house become like then? Is it just you, did you have to like take on a bigger role in that? Oh god, no, my dad spoiled us so much. It was crazy. I don't know how he did it. That's probably why he died when he was so young. He must have gone straight to heaven. I'm not kidding. Every Saturday, we would do chores together. Yeah. And everybody had like their assigned thing that they did. You yeah. know, we had a bissel, a bissel kind of like this. Uh, you hold it and move it back and forth to clean the carpet, you know. And somebody else would sweep the floor and somebody else would dust this part, that part. Somebody else would clean, you know. My dad let us have all kinds of animals. So we had to, you know, clean the animals and things. Why? What kind of animals did you have? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we had... We had our dog Poco. Uh, we always was that a little Chihuahua. A little one? Chihuahua. Yeah, yeah. We always had turtles. Back then, you could buy little turtles. Yeah. You know, we always had fish. Ugh, turtles my, stink. <laughs> oh, I love the turtles. Yeah. Um, we had fish. My sister had a bird. I was always afraid of the birds that she had. <laughs> oh God, I hated when my mom would let the birds out. She'd do it, and then she'd make it sit on me, and I'd be screaming and crying. We have pictures of that. Uh, um, and then we had a rabbit uh, named Muck Muck. Uh, was a white rabbit, and then. Um, Every Easter, we would get um, little chicks, little peeps, yeah. and they'd be different colors. You could buy them at the dime store. And so we would raise them, and then when they got big enough, then we'd take them to the farm and give them to my grandmother. Uh. Little did we know what happened next. Rabbit stew. <laughs> and so you guys would do chores together. So we do chores together. together. Yeah. And then um, my dad had breakfast for us every morning, and then we would go to school. We would come home at lunchtime. He'd have lunch prepared for us yeah. i ate the same thing every day from kindergarten through sixth grade for lunch peanut butter and jelly yeah and potato what? chips and a yeah, glass that, of milk. you, you might have passed that on to me because i still have a pension for peanut butter and jelly <laughs> i'm a grown-ass man that still loves uh, some some peanut butter and jelly i'll tell you I what love it. yeah and we would watch jeopardy oh that explains why i love At jeopardy lunchtime. so much too that's you, what we would do yeah every yeah. lunch and then you know we go back to school then we would come home and uh my dad would make dinner yeah 
And he would set the table and do everything. Well, we had to pour the drinks, put out the bread, the butter. And while you're going through this, it probably just seemed normal. But in hindsight, you have to know that like he was like doing a lot. Like, oh my god, he did everything. Like he was the like that was that's a big. He was thing. the mom and the dad. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, and that probably just seemed normal to you now. But I'm sure like mm-hmm. now being a parent, you have to realize like what a crazy task that was for him. Oh, and one thing is. In my job as a counselor, you know, I run into a lot of single parents. And so I can actually say to them from my heart and, you know, through my eyes, Mm -hmm. you know, my father was a single parent. I know what you're going through. You know, I applaud you for being able to get up and do that every single day. Right. Do you think it's more common in uh, this day and age to see single moms or single dads? What do you see more of? Well, still single moms, but I see a lot of single dads now too. Really? Well, but but now more it's uh, one week here, one week there, yeah, one like week co- here, one week there. Cooperating. Ah, uh, yeah. And I, yeah. I'm glad we stayed in one household. Yeah, yeah. So how long was it until, like, how long did you go without talking to your mom? You know, like that she call like a few weeks later and say, be like, oh hey, I'm in Massachusetts or something. No, uh, she came back to town. How long was that? But I don't remember. I mean, I don't remember. Because I was a little yeah. young, when you 11. Were probably pissed. And so I was. I was not happy. And yeah. so I don't remember if it was like three weeks or three months. I don't yeah. remember. It probably was a month. I don't know how but long it was. But you weren't really real. trying to hear it. Mm-mm. Yeah. No. And I, I didn't want to go see her. Yeah. And um, my dad would make me. Oh. And I would cry. Yeah. And he would make me. Yeah. And he'd say, that's the only mother that you have. You're going to see her. And was she just like living in an apartment complex or something? Like, what was that? Well, let's see. First, well, I don't remember if it was first, but I remember seeing, going to see her at the YWCA. Uh-huh. She had like a room at the YWCA. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my dad would take us there to see her. Yeah. You had to walk up these big steps and her room was up at the top and it was long and skinny. Uh-huh. Then she lived in an apartment in Allentown, uh, I remember it was in a, on a skinny street, uh, and you had to walk up a set of steps because it was a second-floor apartment. And my dad would drop us off there for a few hours. But they wouldn't talk to each other at all. I, well, I don't, I don't know. Pleasantries, maybe not pleasantries, but like you know, here they here are the kids. I'll pick them up at next time. Yeah. Um, and then after that, she lived in a different apartment. And then by then, I was getting older. And I might have been driving. Yeah, so you would start taking. So the then kids I would, there. you know, go there, take my brother, take my sister. My brother loved to stay with my mother. He always loved to well, stay yeah, with my mother. She, she's good with young kids. Because my a, my mother said it was always like Disneyland for him. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it probably was. Right. Um, and then so you get the then ha- she built the house. Then she built a really nice house. She built a house. Well, where, where was she getting money from? Oh, because she worked. My mom worked from when. After my sister was born, she worked in the courthouse in the prothonotary's office, which this is interesting because she was just telling me the other day that they don't have prothonotaries anymore. I don't even know what that is. Something to do with going into, you know, the courtroom and reading the verdicts and things. Mm -hmm. So she did that. And then she worked for construction companies as a mortgage processor. Mm. So she had a good job. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, my mom was smart. My mom is smart. My dad was smart. So that's what she did. So then she um, built a house. Built a house because she knew all the people who built it. So she subcontracted out uh, this and that and this and that and this yeah, and that yeah, yeah. and got a house built. Really nice house. Yeah. Crazy. And then she ended up getting remarried. But right. she was divorced for like 12 years before she got remarried. Yeah. Long yeah. time. 
a little bit of a party girl. She's fun. She is fun. Yeah. She is fun. What were you like when you get to high school? You were like Miss Popular, huh? <laughs> uh, one of my friends, Deb and I, yeah. um, tease with her two kids. Yeah. And we say, um, well, you know, that's what it was like when you're popular. <laughs> but I mean, re- realistically, like you were like a cheerleader and shit. You probably were dating jocks. I was. I yeah. did. Yeah. What kind of car did you have? Oh, this is too funny. Um, my mother was dating a car salesman yeah. when I was 16. Uh-huh. And so he was on the lookout for a car for me. A used car, of course. Yeah. I either wanted a Mustang, a Camaro, or a Firebird. So I got a 66 Mustang for my 16th birthday. And weren't those, didn't they just come out in 65 or something? I don't know what the first year was, but, yeah. you know. They're they were fairly new. So it was nice. I mean, now think about this. It had, well, I didn't like the color of it. So Obi got it painted the color. Obi was her boyfriend. Um, Obi got it painted the color that I wanted, kind of like a shiny, shimmery green. Yeah. And it had a black kind of raggy top. Uh Not a convertible, but, you know, like a black top. A rag top. A rag top. And then it had um, black leather seats, Uh an eight-track player. Tight. That was mm, awesome. And it had air conditioning. Oh, wow. It was awesome. So I had that. And then then you traded it in for a Pinto. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she traded in a 66 Mustang with a custom paint job. She had the custom candy paint. She got a Pinto. But it was a 71 Pinto. That was the first year those Pintos came out. A 71 was a brand new Pinto. Yeah, but so, I didn't so, get so it until like, oh. like, no, I didn't get it until like 73. You're like, oh, these Pintos are going to be the hot shit. This is going to be a classic. Oh, you made the wrong <laughs> bet on that one, didn't you? I know. Yeah. That was silly. So when did you start cheerleading? Did you play any other sports? Well... Oh, the cheerleaders had a had an intramural volleyball team that I played on. So you played a little volleyball. Oh yeah, and actually, hmm, Nani had this picture. I wonder if she gave it to me. It was in the newspaper. I was on a playground volleyball team mm. because back in the day, in the summer, you would they would hire two teachers, a male and a female, mm. to like work at the playgrounds, mm. and then all the kids would go to the playground from when it opened in the morning, and then they closed like for an hour at lunch. You went home for an hour, and then you came back till like supper time, mm-hmm. and you played at the playground so we had like a softball team a volleyball team basketball team you know we did track and all that were you athletically coordinated actually believe it or not i used to be yeah yeah (laughs) i was so we had we took the championship one year volleyball championship for the whole town for the whole city yeah because that's the thing like you know steven and i are both pretty athletically inclined as Mm -hmm. kids uh you know steven more so to me than me probably uh but, you know, dad was pretty coordinated. Oh, yeah, he was very athletic. Dad's a very athletic guy. And so I always wondered if maybe you were as well. I was. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, what age did you become a cheerleader? Were you, were you a freshman? Oh, no. When I moved into the Jackson Street house, my neighbor across the street had, um, what do you call, um, like, Little League football? Pony League? The, they don't call it pony. No, I don't know. Whatever they call it, Little yeah. League football. I can't remember what they call it. Anyway, she had a, um, she, ha- she was the coach yeah. of, like, the cheerleaders and they said oh you know come in you know you should be a cheerleader and i'm like oh, i don't want to be a cheerleader well then in the end i was a cheerleader so this is when you were what like 12 yeah it's probably like 12 years old and do you think that was partially on some like hey come get some womanly influence in your life was that like them reaching you out reaching out to mentor maybe oh uh, might have been because she was my across the street neighbor yeah. and then they knew you what know, was going on yeah, yeah. and so maybe yeah. never thought about that really um so her daughter was a cheerleader and she was a good friend of mine right and so that's how I met a bunch of like good friends that, you know, were to, my childhood friends. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. One of them 
you know, to this day. And her dad was a cop too. So my dad and her dad were good buddies. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, did Pappy ever date again? He used to go out with a lady. Yes. Yeah. But my sister didn't want him to get married. Why? She didn't want him to. <laughs> and Holly was the boss. <laughs> <laughs> she became the mom <laughs> and then he was going out with this other lady um right before he died too i think i remember a seeing nice her at the funeral lady. actually she had real curly hair but it might have just been a perm because i was popular at the time yeah popular at the time yeah. and you know the lady that he was dating like um before right before he died yeah. was actually a lady that he had dated in high school and then i think her husband died or something oh no shit yeah she yeah, was yeah. a nice lady i vaguely remember her i think and i also remember his partner like i remember stuff from his funeral even though i was only like seven or something and so were you like a straight A student the whole time? A's and B's. A's and B's. Mm-hmm. Were you like, cla- did you ever run for class president stuff? Like, were you into into that? Oh, I was on student council. Yeah, student council. That's what I mean. And I was um, in, cl- they call it class cabinet. National Honor Society? I was. Yeah. Uh, National Junior Honor Society, National you, Honor Society. Were you ever prom court, homecoming oh, court? Oh, God, no. I didn't even go to my senior prom. Why? I didn't want to. Oh, you're just so punk rock? No, I didn't really. Like- oh, well, you know. Yeah, I mean, I went to my senior prom, but you didn't let me stay out past midnight. One o'clock. Thanks for that. One o'clock. Yeah. That yeah. was the curfew because you weren't 18 yet. Yeah, that's some old bullshit. <laughs> um, You're still harboring that, aren't you? Oh, for sure. Oh, and that's why I'll I became, never live it down. Yeah, that's why I went through such a party phase after that. Oh, my God. Um, so, yeah, you graduated from high school. and like, Did you already know you wanted to be a teacher? Um, Not really, but really, I think I always... They didn't have counselors back in the day. Yeah. But I, I remember, like, in my senior year in... Well... I was a, what was I? I was a psychology, liberal arts psych major, you know, for the first couple of years. And then I declared um, elementary education as my major. Where'd you go to school? East Stroudsburg University. Is that like the place that you got accepted or is that the one that you chose? I applied to three state schools because that's all I could, you know, that's all we could afford. Yeah. Um, I applied to Millersville, Kutztown and East Stroudsburg. Well, I went to Millersville my freshman year. Yeah. And Believe it or not, I was such a big sissy. I cried and cried and cried. I was so homesick. It was only two hours away from my home. Yeah. I just missed home and missed my dad and my brother and my sister so much I could hardly take it. So and you then, were drinking a lot of chocolate milk and gained 20 pounds, right? I gained like 15 pounds yeah. and, and Wait, drank I, a lot of chocolate I, I milk. Want you, I, want you to, I want you to tell the story of like uh, – I, I have this – probably scarring memory of you telling me like oh dear. when i was in when i was in high school i was the hot shit guys would walk up behind me when i was in my cheerleading outfit because my legs were so thick is that <laughs> not thick <laughs> shapely shapely sorry no muscular oh is it was it muscular? muscular and your maiden name is milkovitz so what was your what was your high school nickname did they have like a teasing nickname for milkovitz <laughs> i'm not saying you that guys, you, if you guys are clever you can put it together <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible. That's fucking hilarious. I feel like that that was that's hilarious to me. But my other nickname was TT for thunder thighs. Oh god, I don't know if that's a compliment. <laughs> well, they were muscular thighs. Oh. I yeah. then went to East Stroudsburg, yeah. which was only like probably, I don't know, 40 minutes from where I lived. And funny because once I went there, I wasn't homesick. I knew that I could be home in 40 minutes. You're still in the Pinto? I was still in the Pinto. Yeah. And, Did you um, live on campus? My freshman year, I lived in the do- in a dorm. Did you like your uh, roommate? Yes, I loved my roommate. Oh. Deb Debbie. Oh, was my roommate Debbie, Debbie Ferry? Ferry. She oh. was my roommate my freshman Shout year. Shout out Debbie Ferry. Yay! Loved my roommate. Yeah. Still do. Yeah, yeah. Um, we still hang out. Yeah. And then. The next three years, did well, the she, next did year, she uh, transfer with you to East Stroudsburg? No, no, she was very happy there. Yeah, yeah. So 
You go to East Stroudsburg and that's where you're like. Go to East Stroudsburg. So my my sophomore year, I lived in an apartment with five other girls. And then the next two years, I lived in a house with five other girls. And so that's where you decided to go into elementary So I went into elementary education and I was a psychology minor. Uh And I was the vice president and then the president of my sorority, Alpha Sigma Alpha. Oh, I didn't know that you were a sorority girl, actually. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. You didn't? I don't think I did. I'm very anti. Um, I'm, I'm anti the Greek system. Well, you know, it's not for me, but that's fine. It was fun. Yeah. Well, and you know, my junior year, I got to go to Pittsburgh to a national Alpha Sigma Alpha conference, and I got to be the recipient for our um, for our chapter for the philanthropic. We did the most philanthropic work, so we yeah. won a prize. We won a trophy, yeah. you know, actually for um, a philanthropic award. For, we worked for charity. With, yeah, we worked with special ed kids. Nice. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, yep. How long did it take you to get through college? Four years. You got through right on time. Oh, yeah. And not only that, it's a good thing that I did my student teaching in the fall of my senior year. Yeah. Because in the spring, well, February of my senior year, I had an emergency appendectomy. Oh, yeah. I've heard this story. On, I think it was February 15th. This story is actually horrific, and you should tell it because it's made me, like, so hypochondriac about my <laughs> appendix. Like, I'm every time I get a, a painful fart or something, I'm like, oh, my God, I hope my appendix doesn't explode. I'm so scared. <laughs> it is. It's a, it really is a horrific story because I'm kind of a sissy, right, when it comes to pain. Yeah. So I go to um, Barry, my husband, takes me to the hospital. And he wasn't my husband at the time. Right. And and it was up in the Pocono Mountains. So I call my dad in the middle of the night and I say, Dad, you know, they tell me that I, they think I need to have an appendectomy. My dad says, well, you get Barry to drive you down to Easton Hospital. You're not getting operated on up there. Mm-hmm. So my dad meets me. Uh, How at far e- are the Poconos from, from oh, Easton? It's, it's probably like a 40-minute drive, something like that, yeah. 45 minutes maybe. So we get to the hospital and it's like, Two thirty, three o'clock in the morning. Well, by 5 o'clock in the morning, you know, they were operating. And they kept me in the hospital, like, I don't know, two or three days. But they let me go home, and I still had, like, a little fever, uh. which they shouldn't have. And I didn't feel well. I could barely walk or anything. And everyone's like, oh, come on, buck up. You know, you got to start walking, this and that. So, like, maybe three days after that, I was having such pain. And I was lying down on the couch. I had on my favorite nightgown. My sister was getting ready for work because she was going to community college and working. And then all of a sudden, I kind of scooted in one direction and I felt relief. But then I felt warmth. And then I looked down and I felt wet. And I lifted up my favorite nightgown and out of my incision... Peritonitis is just like, blah, it's just all spurting out like, you know, like uh, out of a whale. What is peritonitis? Peritonitis. Peritonitis. Oh, it's, it's, uh. Pus. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh, spouting out like a whale? Jesus oh, Christ. awful. Ugh. They ended up having to call an, an emergency squad oh, to God. take me to the hospital. Yeah. And it ended up that I had this bad infection. Yeah. And so they didn't have you on antibiotics or what? Evidently not. Ugh. So my my mother, my who are these savages operating <laughs> on you for Christ's my sakes? My father beat me at the hospital <laughs> with you know because the emergency squad has taken me out there because yeah. my sister calls my father, my father says call nine one one, you know. So anyway, um, they take me there. They call the doctor in, and 
course, no one's taking any responsibility, of course. So no. you're like 21, 22 at this time? Yeah, I was 20. I was right before my 22nd birthday, yeah. like days before my 22nd birthday. Yeah. So um, anyway, for six weeks, I had to go and get that thing packed. With, oh, with this long, like, cotton, you know, Ugh. gauze with, like, three antibiotics poured on it. And, and they take, like, this sharp object and go, like, poke, 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 till it would go in, 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 in. And then they'd have to pull it out. So the first couple weeks, like, the first week or two, I had to go every day. And then it was, like, every third day. And then it was a couple you, times a week. To summarize this, because this really is getting gross. No. Like, you are, <laughs> it's getting disgusting. <laughs> But like basically, like you almost died because of your appendix. Kind oh of. yeah, yeah. Like it was, it was a bad time. Oh, it was bad. Terrible, yeah, terrible. because of your appendix. So I missed six weeks of school. Yeah. However, yeah. I had great roommates who would go to my professors and let them know what was going on. Then they'd drive my work down to me once a week so I could do all of my stuff. When I went back to school, I took all of my tests, uh-huh. and I think that's. Missing six weeks my senior year, I think that was my lowest cum, and it was like a three-point something. Uh-huh. But I ended up graduating with honors, so that yeah. was good. So was the philanthropic trip to Pittsburgh when you met Dad? No, I met Dad the night of my 21st birthday. So you're, what, a sophomore or junior in college? Junior. Junior mm-hmm. in college, and how did you guys, what happened? His fraternity was having a party. So he went to East Strasburg too? Mm-hmm. Dad was on a basketball scholarship, right? Not a scholarship, but he was on the basketball team his freshman year. Oh, mm-hmm. I thought he was on scholarship for some reason. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. So you see this giant dude at a, at a frat party. Mm-hmm. And what, what happened? Well, he was bartending. Yeah. And so, I don't know, the next thing you know, he and I and my roommate, Jane, and... Don't tell me that you guys had an orgy. No. Oh, and God. his buddy, Rick... <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hear that. I'm just man. kidding. The four of us stayed up all night and drank. Because it's your 21st birthday. Because my 21st birthday. So da- dad being a Shaner man and knowing what's what's up, he says, oh, you're 21. I'm going to get you fucked up tonight. Is that? Well, no, because, you know, Karen Cicilloni was turning 20 that night and I was turning 21. She was my sorority sister. Hey, we shout were out to partying. Karen Cicilloni. Hey, sis. That's an that's a Italian name if I ever heard one. I know. Yeah. How about it? Yeah. So anyway, we... I don't know, somehow everybody left and the four of us stayed up and drank and talked all night. Yeah. And then I went to my eight o'clock class in the same clothes I wore the day before. So was he a junior as well or what mm-hmm. was he? He was. Yeah. He was. Well, how did he get stuck bartending? Is that is that something that was he new to the frat or is that like what the oh, older no, guys that do? Was I don't like know. A, that was like a good That's thing to do. That's the good thing to do? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was like the good thing to do. Oh. So, and they were, I think they might have rotated and take turns, you know, yeah. so they could go out and mingle and then somebody would bartend. Right. Had you ever seen him around campus before that? Do you know, really, I don't remember seeing him before that. Is it a big camp? I mean, because he's like somebody you can't really miss. He's like a big, giant, tall, blonde dude. Mm-hmm. And he had long hair at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Were you feeling the long hair? Mm- oh, yeah. I love the long hair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did he have a mustache? Mm-hmm. I don't remember if he did back then. Because I feel like I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen my dad's upper lip. <laughs> like, um, He might have. I don't remember. Yeah. But you just were taken by this tall, handsome man. Is that what it was? Well, yeah. And he was a good talker. Yeah, he is. He's a good bullshitter. Mm -hmm. Uh, So was it an instant bond? Like, did you guys start spending a lot of time together immediately? Oh, I saw him the next day. Yeah. And then right after that, his dad got sick. Well, his dad had a heart attack. So his fraternity flew him home. Oh, wow. So he could be with his dad. Yeah. And then it was spring break and I probably went to Florida and then, um, you know, then came back up. And then I, <laughs> I worked as a waitress at this, at this, uh, 
place called Grant's. It's uh. kind of be like Woolworths, like a dime store, yeah, you know. Yeah. And they had a little restaurant called the Bradford House. And so I was waitressing, and then he and his, you know, little brother, fraternity brother, yeah. came in for you know dinner. Just randomly. Yeah. Or right. you, did he know that you worked there? Yeah. Well, yeah, he knew that I worked there, but I don't know if it was random or not. Yeah. And then you know he was saying, "Oh, there's a party at." You know, Phi Sig or someplace tonight. Are you going to go? Blah, blah. And then we started dating and that was that. Yeah. Was he like a party dude? Is that, was that, was was that his role? He was a party dude? He was a party dude. Were you a party girl? Not as much as he was a party dude. But does that mean you were a party girl? Because to this day, you're still (laughs) someone that's never admitted to me that you've ever smoked weed. Like, it's like, just like you've never admitted to me that you were Santa Claus when I was a kid. You know what I mean? You don't believe in Santa Claus? <laughs> See, still to this day, as a, in my 30s, she's still like, no, you that, re- that really was Santa. You don't remember when Santa rang the bells on the roof of Nani's house yeah, in 1989? I remember when you guys made Bruce climb onto the ceiling and <laughs> onto the roof and do that. Come on. You still won't admit it, for Christ's sakes. That uh, was Santa. Okay. but So anyways, that's why I wonder, like, uh, if you were a party girl. Were you a party girl? Well, I... I partied. Yeah, well, I mean, because this was this is in the late seventies. No, this is the mid seventies. Mid seventies, so like, is disco in full swing? Oh yeah. Were you a disco chick? Well, I kind of was like, I kind of could be a hippie chick or a disco chick. Oh, I could do both. I see. So you were a, you were a dippy chick. <laughs> I was a dippy chick. What was that about at that time when you met him? He was just like oh, a jock. He was in between a jock and kind of hippieish and. Yeah. But then, you know, he would wear his like leisure kind of clothes, you know, like those leisure shirts. Dad kind of had thing. leisure shirts? Those silky. Like velour type Not thing, velour. Or? What do you call that? Polyester. Rayon? Polyester. Oh, God. With a pointed collar. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Business. We would go. Oh, my gosh. We would all go out and just dance up a storm when it got to be disco time. So it wasn't any like disco sucks. We're rock kids. Like you guys were about that disco life. It was fun. You could do disco. You could do rock and roll. Oh, you my could gosh. Do coke. I we could. No. <laughs> I could have, but I didn't. <laughs> uh, oh, you didn't inhale? <laughs> no, I never even got close. I had an I had offers, but I said no, thank uh, you. Yeah, that's very that's very good of you. <laughs> I know. I was thinking that would not be but, good I mean, if like, I ever had children. Even though dad, okay, so here's the thing: dad is a mil- uh, he ended up. Uh, this is a spoiler alert. Because here's what I'm thinking: is that we're already running long. Oh. And it's fine, but I th- I think maybe we'll make this an annual tradition where like next next year when you come down for Christmas we could try to do it again or something to tell the next half of the life because we're not even to the part where I'm born and that's another oh. thirty years you feel me so like I don't yeah. think we're gonna cover that within an hour and a half. No, um, either. So I guess uh, you know Dad became like a, uh, a military man, right. career military, but he's always struck me as having kind of liberal attitudes and and the fact that you guys are saying you guys were kind of half hippie like were you forward thinking people like everything was always kind of very liberal. In in the house i feel like because there was never any like we're very anti-racist we're very like uh you know for the even distribution of wealth kind of like we're not communists but you know what i mean mm-hmm. like you know I, I would say that you agree with like uh government spending on poor people and et cetera et cetera so it's like but then you also have this kind of weird catholic conservative thing too who was more liberal than the other is what i'm asking when you guys were in college hmm well, dad was probably more liberal than me, I guess. I, I have a feeling that dad was probably like a, a government conspiracy theory type dude almost. <laughs> like super anti-government. Yeah, I don't think, yeah. I think Right? Mm-hmm. Which is so surprising that he ended up being in the military for so long. Well, you know why he ended up well, being I know, in the military. Yeah, yeah. And that's the funny thing is that he also told me like, 
if you ever join the military, I'll disown you, which I'm like happy that he told me that because so many other military kids ended up in the military and it's like, mm-hmm. the, it's just like the cyclical thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so you graduate, dad doesn't, doesn't, mm-hmm. and he's out of school. Mm-hmm. You guys are dating for how long when that happens? Um, couple of years. Well, let's see. Year and a half anyway. Yeah, about a year and a half. Uh-huh. And so I graduate from college. He does not finish college. So you had a year and a half left when you met him. Mm-hmm. And you guys were dating that whole time. Mm-hmm. Did you guys have any early ups and downs? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember one time screaming at him. For what? Oh, I don't remember what it was for, but he was up up at the window of his fraternity house and I yeah. was down on the ground and he yelled down something and I yelled up something. Blah, 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 yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Ups and downs. Yes. So it wasn't like a swept off the feet, easy romance. It was like very, it was passionate. Yes. Was, yes. That's a great word. Yeah. It was passionate. Yeah. Yeah. But when was the moment that you were like, oh, I'm going to marry this dude? Like, how did you know? Well, he asked me, well, he pinned me, you know, with a fraternity pin. Oh. Short, not, I mean, not many months after we got married. And what does that I mean? I mean, not married. Is that like a promise ring or something? Kind of, yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. And so he had to say like, will you accept this pin? Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, sure. I'm mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that was a few months after? Yeah. And so then at that point, he's still in school. So when does it become a reality that like, oh, wait, he's not going to make it through school? Hmm. I think he went back like his, the beginning of his senior year, but then, you know, he didn't go to class. Yeah, yeah. He didn't do his work. Right. You don't get a cum. Right. And you don't finish school. So did he move back home? Where did he go? Mm-mm. He stayed there. In East Stroudsburg. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. He was working. Um, he was working as a bellman at one of the resorts up there because, uh-huh. you know, it's a big skiing resort area. Because East Stroudsburg by the Poconos. Yeah, East Stroudsburg's in the Poconos. Okay. And so it's a big ski resort area. So he had a job and he was working and, you know. Yeah. And then um, my f- last semester, I can't, was he still living in the fraternity house? I don't remember where he was living. Yeah. Because I was at my dad's house for six weeks being sick with my appendix. Right. And then um, that's when he started talking to the Navy recruiter, actually. Oh. Because he asked my dad. If we could get married. Uh-huh. And my dad said no. Really? Mm-hmm. So I said, if my dad says no, well, then I'm elab- not going he, to. But elaborate on the story because I think I know more of that than what you just said. He said, no, I'm not going to let you get married if you're just going to be like a, a steel factory worker. Because dad's from Pittsburgh. He says, I'm not going to let you get married because you don't have a job and you don't have a future. Yeah. And I don't want that for my daughter. Right. So now Barry, now Barry gets to thinking. Hmm, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Yeah. So then he starts talking to the Navy recruiter. Uh-huh. Well, then he goes back to talk to the Navy recruiter after he took some tests. Yeah. But then the Navy recruiter wasn't there. So the Air Force recruiter saw his scores yeah. and they were very good scores. Yeah. And he says, oh, you should be joining the Air Force, not the Navy. Right. And he talked him into joining the Air Force. So then after dad joined the Air Force, then my father said, well, if you want to get married, then you can get married. Right. Because dad is from Pittsburgh originally, and that's mm-hmm. a big steel factory mm-hmm. place. And was. Like, now I think it's closed w- down. Yeah, but mm-hmm. was that what his dad used to do? Mm-hmm. Steel factory worker? Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of what Pappy thought would be, your, he didn't want your, your future to be of a steel factory worker or something, right? Well, dad didn't want to even do that. Yeah, so yeah. My well, yeah, dad said, you don't have any aspirations now. Right, right. Because dad is very bright and artistic and... Mm-hmm. Uh, and Musical, musically yeah, music, inclined. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And so that's the thing is that the Air Force out of all... I mean, everybody will argue this depending on what their parents ran, but the Air Force supposedly is the one where the smart people go, right? <laughs> hey. Supposedly. Supposedly. Yeah. So he had good scores and he goes into the Air Force. And how did you feel about that? 
Well, I felt like it was good because it would give him some direction. Yeah. You know, I didn't I didn't really like envision it for the rest of my life. Right. Did you think he was going to become career military? I did not. What you thought he was just going to do like four and out? Mhm. And did that surprise you that you guys ended up being a career military family? It did. We didn't really have the traditional career military trajectory though cuz we stayed pretty stagnant. We stayed in the same place. Well, it was real interesting because he was in Texas for 10 years. Oh, really? 10 years. And I was there for nine. Oh. Um, but he worked a lot of different jobs. So instead of going to different bases, yeah. he was at Wilford Hall Medical Center, which is the largest, you know, teaching hospital. Uh-huh. And so he went from, you know, the dispensary B to 6612 to um surgical intensive care unit to uh, kidney dial- hemodialysis, kidney yeah. dialysis tech yeah. to um, the ER, right. assistant NCOIC of the ER. So he went to lots of different places and learned lots of different jobs. Yeah. So you graduate school. Mm-hmm. Dad joins the Air Force. Mm-hmm. Are you already a teacher by the time he joins the Air Force? He left in September for the Air Force, September 15th of 1976. Uh And then I ended up getting hired that fall. Uh And I started like the beginning of January, like January 3rd, 1977. He goes down to Texas to boot camp. Right. And you stay there to work. Yeah. And you guys are apart for a year? Mm Mm-hmm. Already engaged? Mm Mm-hmm. So what was that like? Well, you know, I had two jobs. I was teaching all day, and then I worked since I was 16 years old for this store called Sigils Country Corner. Yeah. So I would work for them sometimes at night and on the weekends. Yeah. So that's what I was doing. So I was you're working. busy, but would you guys talk on the phone a lot? Well, we wrote letters. Really? Mm-hmm. Or you weren't allowed to talk on the phone anymore? He could only on? call once in a while, yeah. and then if I wasn't there to get the phone call, then yeah. I didn't get the phone call. How were the letters? Were they like mushy-gushy, romantic? Were you were you guys lovers? Well, he wrote really nice letters. Yeah. And this is funny because my friend Daria, shout out to Daria. <laughs> You're learning. <laughs> shout out Daria. So I would number my letters on the back of the envelope. Yeah, and so, save them. Uh, no, like... When I would mail him a letter, I'd oh. number it like one, yeah, the yeah, next yeah. one, two, three. So when he got him, he would know what order, order to open to read him, him in. Oh, that mm-hmm. makes sense. And then I would number his when they came. So Daria will still laugh about that no shit. when I see so her. So you write what? One a day? Well, for a while I was writing one a day, but then I got really busy. So I'd write every couple of days. Yeah, because that seems like a hard thing to keep up. I know. And so then you moved to Texas. Then I moved to Texas. I feel like this is a good stopping point. Like, well, because I'll be able to remember like, okay, we got to the part where she moves to Texas. So next year, if you guys come down here and we don't go to the East Coast or or maybe we'll do it. Who knows? Maybe we'll do it in like March when you visit or something. But I feel like this could be a cool thing to where we can keep doing this. Because I I, honestly, even if the even if people that listen are not interested in this, I'm interested (laughs) in this. So so fuck them, basically, because I'm interested in having a recorded history of my family. So we'll stop here and we'll remember that we got to you moving to Texas and having just got on a teaching job and being graduated from college and then we'll we'll come back to it because we've got a lot to cover in your in your almost 60 years now you're almost i know by the time we by the time we do the next one you'll be 60 years old i know do you think we forgot anything important from like the first part i mean we'll we can always go back to it i'm sure there's a ton you know what i mean like oh maybe after you listen to it again you can think of any questions you really that think i'm gonna didn't... listen to this what? I just, no i'm just kidding <laughs> Um, yeah, exactly. You can jot down some I, things that you want I don't jot, clarification. I, I don't ever jot down notes, but it, but put them in your memory. You know bag. how we, you and I both, like we 
we tell stories with a lot of asides. Yes. And I get that from you. Yes. Like you, when I talk to you on the phone, you can turn a trip to the grocery store <laughs> into a half an hour <laughs> conversation, re-describing every detail that happens and every person that you ran into and exactly what they said and et cetera, et cetera. And so these little uh, mundane stories become these elaborate yarns. And I kind of do the same thing. You do. And so I get that from you. And so I thought maybe the people listening would find that interesting to see that we probably tell stories in a similar manner. But yeah, thank you for coming in. Oh, you're welcome. You know what? Tell the people where they can find you online. That's what I always say. (laughs) Tell the people where they can find you online, mom. Do I give my email address? (laughs) (laughs) Just say you're literally nowhere online. I'm literally nowhere online. My mom doesn't exist online other than an email address. And you know what? No one in my family does. My brother has not a Facebook page, an Instagram, a Twitter, none of that. No, neither. Never had a MySpace page. Mom's not on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, none of that. My dad doesn't even know how to use any of it. My dad's like, what's the internet? What is that? And so, you know, if you guys want to follow my mom online, sorry, you can't. Sorry. She's always like, what have you been up to? And I'm like, don't you fucking follow my Instagram? For Christ's no. sakes, just look at what I've been doing. So anyways. You know who shows me? My grandmother. Yeah, my mother. My, my 84-year-old nanny, my grandmother, she follows me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, everything. everything. Like, I feel like I can't make dick jokes on Twitter anymore because, like, you know, Nani will be like telling my mom, and my mom, I can't believe you said that about your dick on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. And you know, what? I am not, you know, Lee knows I'm not a huge fan of social media at all. Um, however, she's very Marge Simpson and like, <laughs> She, you know, you shouldn't do that. They could. Fo- I told her that I had to take a. I told her last night that I had to pull over and take a piss in a parking lot because nothing was open. She goes, "What if it was on camera? What if? What if they caught you on camera? I'm like, do you think they're really gonna go to like James Bond satellite cameras to give me a hundred dollar pissing ticket in a Vons parking lot? But sh- you should have set the parking lot. It, it wasn't even a Vons. It was a Rite Aid. Oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> Anyway. But anyway, yeah. this was a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is not really social media. This is more talk radio, oh, entertainment. I, oh, okay. Stuff. So talk radio, that's better than social media. Yeah. But I will, pu- I'm going to tweet it on social media. Oh my God. Hopefully the, you know, hopefully all the government <laughs> agencies aren't listening in about your disco days. I hope not. Oh my God. What if your parents of your students nowadays find out about your disco days? Oh, what would they think? Oh my gosh. But oh. anyways, yeah. So thank you, mom. I love you very much. It was very fun to talk to you about this. And I think we can make this an ongoing thing because uh, I think I think it's pretty fun. So I do too. All right, cool. I love you too. Love you too. Thanks, mom. My name is Lee. Some of you guys might know me as Intuition. You can find me on Twitter at It's Intuition. You can find my man behind the boards, Ben Shim, making the shit sound buttery at I Am Database, base with two S's. Uh, you can find us as a unit at That's Kind of Neat. Uh, follow us on YouTube. Subscribe YouTube.com slash That's Kind of Neat. Facebook.com slash Kind of Neat. Everything wrapped up in a pretty package on kindaneat.net. See, Mom, that's how you do social media. Oh, That is how you do it. you got to be across the board. So please follow him exactly. on That's Kinda Neat. <laughs> and thank you. And then also, we're not done yet. Oh. Be sure if you're listening still at this point, uh, subscribe on iTunes. Download the app for podcasts. Search Kinda Neat. Subscribe. It helps us out more than you guys could know. And uh, it'll make your life easier because if you're streaming it on kindaneat.net, you're really wasting your time and probably your phone's data plan. Just download that app. It's so much easier and it's dope. So yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. This was me and my mom's holiday conversation that hopefully will become a tradition. And it was nice to find out a lot about you know your history and my family's history and all that stuff. I have cousins that I didn't know about and all that shit. So thanks, mom. I appreciate it. Love you. This was kind of neat.